0: Hey, this is Joe Castiglione, and you're listening to Not Another Socks Podcast with Matt Caval, Matt LeBeau, and Jack Webster. Can you believe it? I just
1: can't say goodbye. I'm in the corner. Why do you kiss her? Oh. And welcome to episode 23 of Not Another Sox podcast. I am Jack Webster here with uh, Matt Galveo and Matt LeBeau as always. We are 3-3 and and we are going home, fellas.
2: We are. We are going home. uh, 500 on the road trip. It's going to be good to be back at Fenway. Um, I think all three of us can agree that there is a palpable buzz in the group chat um, about Friday. uh, Friday's affair. So we're all looking forward to that. Um, and it's going to be good to have the the guys back home. Like you said, Jack, uh, this week, you know, they need some, some home cooking right now. So, um, this is, uh, it's going to be a big weekend, you know, four games set against the twins. So uh, I think we're all looking forward to it for sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, salvaged three and three, so we'll take it. I mean, for how everything started, you know, and the, I mean, the, how the Detroit series started as well, I'll take three and three all day you lost a tough series against the Yankees and you, you came back and you won one against Detroit. Um, it was, uh, it was nice to have baseball back though. It was great. It was great. Even though I couldn't watch the Yankee series, I watched the Detroit series. So
1: Yeah. Uh, you, you were doing a scouting mission for us. You were down in Aruba finding an Alexander Bogarts. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, some of the guys that uh, you scouted and uh, who we should be looking out for in the future?
0: Yeah, there was one that really caught my eye. His um, his name was Pina Culada. Um, <laughs> really look out for him in uh, international free agent when, you know, the Red Sox jump on that um, as well. Sounds like as, he's a power bat. Yes, power right bat, the big face. time power bat. Good base, kind of like a Devers. You know, has a Devers ass. Um, and then also, you know, Strawberry Dackery as well. So okay. those are two names that suck out throughout the whole entire weekend, constantly. Um, yeah. So really looking forward to seeing them, you know, come over to the U.S. and do some damage just like Xander and also just like uh, Jair did for a little bit as well. Shout out Jair. People forget about Xander's lost brother.
1: <laughs> that That's right. Um, I also heard really good things about Jose Cuervo. I, yes. I think he's going to be the next big thing uh, around here.
0: Yep. No, I mean we'll see. They all have very good potential and um you know they're all definitely a breath of fresh air for for the game. Definitely bring a fun attitude, a lot of bat flips. So we'll see how it goes for sure.
2: And he stayed at the uh Casamigos. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Great hotel. Such a lovely
1: place. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, oh, it was a good time. It was a good time. Glad I went. I did come back with some sick xander merch i was uh, gonna he's, say he's yeah the king. he's the king over there so everyone knows you xander. met xander's cousin yeah i yeah. met an alleged cousin <laughs> uh he uh we were on like a we did like a sunset cruise and like we were just talking to some locals and he goes like he heard i was from boston so he's like oh i'm not sure if you know who xander bogarts is he's like that's my cousin and <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm sure, you know.
1: Hey, this is my cousin from Aruba. His name is Xander.
2: <laughs> I think that's crazy. Yeah, he's like, you're from Boston. Do you know who Xander Bogarts is?
0: Yeah, well, like, yeah, I know. But
1: It's like in uh, elementary school, and it's just like, yeah, my uncle works for um, a Nintendo. Like, you know, I get to play all the games
2: before they come out at that, <laughs> Jack, I feel like you were that guy.
1: No, I was not. No, I I didn't have friends to talk to. So,
0: oh, yeah. The um, I got in the cab and like to go to the hotel from the airport. And the cab driver, like, we started talking about like where we were from. And sure as shit, we brought up Boston. And he didn't claim to know Xander Bogarts. However, he did say that Xander Bogarts signed an extension. And I just came off a flight. He's like, oh yeah, they signed Oh it. my God. He's like, yeah, seven years, whatever. I was like, dude, I didn't I didn't see this. I don't have any service. So the whole yeah. time I got back to the hotel, I'm thinking, like, maybe the Red Sox, you know, extended Bogarts right before because it was right before opening day. And I got back to the hotel and nothing. So he was just a fucking liar. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Maybe he shit. got
1: confused by Aaron Judge's extension.
0: Yes. The judge <laughs> yeah. did sign an extension to stay in yeah. New York and not go to the Kansas City Royals.
1: Yeah. yeah. I know. Was like uh, I was 200... really excited for him to be a Miami Marlin, um, but you know he has been locked into New York. Uh, he was want. He said he wanted to be a Yankee for life, and you know now he is.
0: Yep. Congrats, Aaron.
2: Was no. oh, it two hundred thirty million and unlimited gabagool?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a good deal. It is not a bad deal.
1: Unlimited Ubers for his girlfriend. <laughs> no.
0: Unlimited train rides. <laughs> ride the, the subway for free.
1: Yeah, I <laughs> know. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's just like one of us. Yep. He, j- he still jumps the uh, turnstile so that way he doesn't have to pay. He's a true local. Yep.
0: Yeah, he immerses himself in the true New York experience.
1: Yes. Yeah. He hits up that McDonald's tired. across the street just like all of us uh, pre yep. and post game. Uh, so yeah, no, a very relatable person. We're glad to see, uh, we hate to see Aaron judging New York for the next, uh, next decade. So, uh, it's going to be really sad that he's not going to be playing for the New York Metropolitans.
0: Yeah. Yep. Steve Cohen. Here he comes. I know.
1: And, and you know, I'm just going to say, uh, right before, you know, we get to anything else, It's it's, The Yankees owe Steve Cohen for allowing Aaron Judge and all these other players to actually play in their home stadium this year. So, once again, the Mets are the Yankees' daddies, and, you know, they really need to bow down to them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, New York is a Mets town now. It's Mm -hmm. a Mets town. People forget. Always has been. Always has been. For sure. 100%. The
2: Yankees have always been number two in new york yeah Hmm. Uh, it's a mets town now for sure though yeah
1: except they can actually sign their players
0: right and new ones
1: and new ones and have beards that's a key (laughs) that is a key i saw like some guy came over from the Mets to the Yankees, like some relief pitcher. And like, he had to shave his beard and his dreadlocks and like Yankees fans are like, Oh, he looks so much better. And I was like, that has never been a thing. If you can grow a beard, have a beard. Right. Like, unless if it looks like a bunch of fucking glue or pubic hair glued to your <laughs> face, like you should have a beard.
0: So I actually just quick side note here. I just got this notification on Twitter. I don't know if you guys saw it, but I did. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It says our tweet was featured in an article on Fansided. So someone used the Kike um, laundry cart, you know, <laughs> Erod shirt, which we'll get to that we'll, later on. They'll yeah, we'll get to about.
1: that in the episode. We'll go chronologically here to go through, um, you know, some of our ups and downs of these first two series. Uh, we're going to be back to, you know, recording on a reg- regular schedule now that uh, Matt LeBeau is back from his scouting trip and this was a, you know, a little paid vacation for him. Yeah,
2: um, yeah, but, uh, no, more yeah out, no more he's PTO. He's out of PTO. Yeah. Um, it's unfortunate. He, he's out he for he
0: the out. year. <laughs> I, I, really, I really wanted to rally and record on Monday night, but then I ended up getting in just super late and no shot. I, I would have been that would have been worse All than like a Jordan flu game. That would have been
2: if you pull that off, that would have been, I mean, they would have wrote a, they they would have wrote a movie about that. No,
0: oh, documentaries would have been made for yeah. sure. Yeah, but I I Books. couldn't do it. Couldn't.
2: Yeah, the whole nine? You you probably would have been in uh, in uh, in the baseball Hall of Fame.
0: Well, I might still be. Maybe one
2: depending day, depending on how this goes. Yeah, maybe.
0: yeah,
1: we're we're gonna have to see. You know, it's it's still a little iffy. Yeah. By I'll the way, I might uh, I need to find my laptop charger, so I'm no, a true no. professional right now. So if you hear me <laughs> rustling around, uh, that's the reason why. No worries. No worries. Yeah, yeah so you you guys can start off uh, reviewing that first game of yeah. the Yankee series. You don't you don't need me for that
0: one. Let's jump in. So opening day, two thousand and twenty two against the New York Yankees. Um, this is a tough one. This is a tough one. It started out great. We all, you know, loved to see Garrett Cole. Poop his pants, which we talked about it for months. For months, we can't wait to watch Garrett Cole pitch against the Red Sox, especially coming off the wild card game. Devers starts it off with a fucking two run moon bomb yeah. off Garrett Cole, and things are going well. And then, you know, the wheels start to come off a little bit. And never, the wheels never came off. What the bullpen kind of, you know, showed, and it was what it was. But, um, man, any thoughts on game one?
2: Yeah, the big one that um I think we should touch upon is how much of a whiny bitch that Garrett Cole was because the game started just a few minutes later yep. than it was scheduled to. And he uh clearly threw a tantrum in the dugout. Um, you know, they had uh, Billy Crystal throwing up the first pitch, and uh they had a um, a, you know, a young girl singing the Ukrainian national anthem and you know, like you know, me and Jack had mentioned, you know, uh this week to me that uh Garrett Cole uh clearly hates Billy Crystal and um Ukraine. Mm-hmm. So that's just yep. a tough look um on Garrett Cole's part, but not uh not out of character for Garrett Cole. That that no. is that is on par.
0: And and it's almost like he's becoming a super villain at this point. Like right. with everything he does, like the just just it, it's a nonstop sideshow with him and to, to say that he was thrown off his game because a f- four-minute delay. like Imagine being the one that actually pays this man's salary, $30 million per year. He's your ace. He's your guy you go to. And the last time he went out, he shit his pants against their rival in a one-game playoff. Yeah. And then the next time he goes out, he complains about a four-minute delay. If I'm writing a check to Garrett Cole every week, that's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, Like, this is my guy. This is my guy for 30 million dollars a year. I mean, it's ridiculous. That's absurd.
2: That's a mental midget right there. Mental midget. Absolutely. And you're paying him 30 mil a year for that. Disgusting.
1: Yeah, I know. I mean, I too get very upset at Billy Crystal sometimes. I mean, I think we all do and, you know, personally I hate 12-year-old girls. Um, so, uh I mean, I get it. I do. I really do. Um but you know, it's still not an excuse for really and literally pooping yourself on the mound. You could kind of see some yeah. of like the drippings coming out of the leg there. It was it was almost like his bloody sock, except it was poop in his pants. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, like if I'm a Yankees fan, and thank God that I'm not. Like, I am irate over the excuse making because, like, literally the night before the Yankees Twitter was like, no excuses, show up, perform. And then literally the first inning, you hear excuses from the last guy that you really want to hear excuses from after, you know, he wasn't able to cheat against the Red Sox in the playoffs by using his favorite spider tack. And now has uh, been exposed as the fraud that he is.
0: And, And that's really it. Like, it was so funny to see, and we've used this term before to describe Yankee fans and and their thought process, but the mental gymnastics that they go through whenever something negative happens to the organization. And it's like, like, I saw tweets like, yeah, if you've ever played a sport, you would know how important rhythm is. Like, dude, shut the fuck up. It's four minutes. It's four minutes. It's four minutes.
1: Go, Go take a quick shit. You're fine.
0: Dude, do something <laughs> like do something like like anything, anything. Four minutes in the grand scheme of, you know, like opening day, you know, you got some jitters. I get it. You want to start on time. You want to just get out there. But, dude, it's four minutes. You can literally do anything to pass the time. And yeah. like it's just that's horrendous. That's horrendous. So what do you, you think cannot
1: Eric Uh, What do you think Garrett Cole does when he has to start on the road and he doesn't have to start at 105 exactly? Like He doesn't know when he's going to start. I mean, I feel like uh, Garrett Cole on the road this season is just going to be abysmal. So I'm really looking forward to seeing him at Fenway Park again this summer.
0: That's a great point. Is he going to tell the Yankees, like, hey, don't hit? Because I I know like the the inning should last 20 minutes and then you have a five-minute period of commercials. So get me on the mound for 135 if he's on the road. Like, I mean, what is he gonna tell the Yankees not to hit? Like, I mean, I don't like, think they have a problem with what it's coming to. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's why he loves pitching for the Yankees. Yeah, because they lead off with fucking Rizzo, Donaldson, and another bunch of guys that hit under three hundred. But
1: I know, I mean, that that's just the classic Yankee way.
0: <laughs> their lineup's not that bad, you know. I digress. My point is, it's just such a baby thing to do, and. Garrett Cole he did get his shit kicked in again. Was not a good outing whatsoever. Yes, the Yankees won. Yes, they were the better team that day. But Garrett Cole was not a, a good pitcher. Again. Again.
2: And, and you know this like yeah. excuse making is going to end up happening again like in an important game, like a playoff game. something like this is going to happen. This is not the end of the uh Garrett Cole um, you know, uh, excuse uh, machine that he is we i feel like we should just have, uh like there should just be like a tally of like how like every time he comes out and says something like that something stupid or has an excuse as to why he had a poor performance or whatever it is and at the end of the year i would love to know what the number would be
0: um no yeah he for garrett he, cole he's he's absurd and to make that kind of money like you have to be all about accountability you, you have to be like the guy it's like this is my fault we didn't play well enough, I didn't pitch well enough like this falls on me, I'm the ace I'm the leader in the clubhouse Um, he's also getting kind of roughed around right now three earned in four innings and he's allowed two bombs so they're playing the Blue Jays right now These are
1: AL East rivals. These are the most important games that you're going to pitch, and I mean, there's a good chance, you know, they might run into the Blue Jays in the postseason. You know, that's assuming the Yankees make it in, um, which you know is no guarantee in this division at all. But I mean, you know, it's he has to actually do better against the teams that matter the most,
0: right? And he does not do that. Yeah, anyone can pitch well against the fucking Savannah Bananas. In <laughs> I don't know. They're, they,
1: they literally <laughs> use flaming bats. I saw that in, like, <laughs> <That's good> MOBO4. <laughs> you know, oh, like, yeah. you have the Albert holes coming up, and he's like, oh, yeah, this is my power swing.
0: <laughs> no, that was pretty cool. But, you know, you got to do it when it counts, when it matters. Opening day is one of those days. I understand that it's early in the year, and a loss isn't going to kill you. But opening day, the fans packed the stadium. Dude. They want to see a win. It's an important day, and it's a good way to kick the season off. You know, if you can get a win. And you're facing your rival, you gotta pitch better. Yeah. It did not and take actually, long
2: for the Yankee fans to uh to get on him though after that. Yeah. The boobirds came out real early in
0: that one. They come out fast. They do.
1: And you actually wish he were able to capitalize on it a little bit more. He didn't last too late in the game. And, you know, we gave up two runs immediately right back, which, you know, wasn't great. And then, you know, they had the kind of two fluke homers that are just Yankee Stadium ones. So, unfortunately, you know, that game didn't really go our way in the end. But, you know, it, it didn't really feel like the worst loss in the world.
0: No, it didn't. And it wasn't. And, you know, they I mean, they lost the game to the New York Yankees. It is what it is. It sucks. But you move on from it. Try to bounce yeah. back the next night,
2: which and we and we talked about it before, even you know, in our season preview, that this division is going to be a bloodbath. You know, you know the it's the Red Sox, Yankees, Blue Jays, Rays. I mean, it's the four of those teams Absolutely. are going to battle it out the entire season. It's not going to be an easy division to win. Probably going to be the hardest to win in in the league. So, um, this is just how it's going to go for sure. Between Absolutely, this, between these teams,
0: yeah. Absolutely. I think the frustrating thing about Game 1 is that they didn't bounce back Game 2. That was where, you know, it sucked. But unless you guys have anything else about Game 1, I think we can move on to Game 2. What do you think?
1: Uh, yeah, that pretty much wraps it up. I mean, you kind of knew the game was over once we didn't score in the 11th inning and they had the runner on second to start. Like, it, it kind of was almost just better that it was just a Josh Donaldson single up the middle instead of kind of a meltdown. Like, it was almost over before um you know you even realize what happened so you know you lose opening day they have their fun it's whatever but yeah you, you, you got to move on to just game 2 at that point
0: yeah
2: and then um, game 2 kind of started off similarly with uh you know Verdugo going deep in the second you know two run bomb get you up early and then um you know a couple innings later in the fourth you end up you end up tying it um but uh but yeah i mean you, you love in this series, you love to see the Red Sox getting those early leads, but it was their trouble in the first two games was like holding onto those leads and then expanding them. Yeah, um, that that was definitely the issue uh, through the first two.
0: And I think that's that's kind of the issue with the team in general. You know, I think it's going to be, uh, you know, a recurring problem somewhat, at least moving forward. Uh, the bullpen, it's not that it's it's terrible. I think we've seen some bright spots, um, you know. Whitlock, obviously, um, Robles, Cutter Crawford looks pretty good. Um, and you got a lot of guys in there that you do kind of trust, but it's like that middle ground. Like maybe the starter's gone by the fourth, fifth inning, and Whitlock's not available. Then, you know, who do you kind of go to to get there? So,
1: yeah. So, my point about game two, and it's almost easy to forget, Nick Pavetta did give up all four of those runs. <laughs> but you kind of feel like Nick Pavetta should have been out there uh, when the third or third time through the lineup. And it kind of goes to show that, you know, we do need him to step up. We do need him to face him the third time around the order, especially with Hauk not really being able to do that. We'll get to that a little bit more in game three, but we do need Nick Pavetta to actually be that guy that can give you six or seven innings, go through the lineup three times and, you know, hopefully give the bullpen a little bit of rest because, you know, we it's not the strongest one in the world. We, there's some guys I like, some guys that, you know, I think might be a little bit fluid throughout the year in terms of performance and who gets called up and sent down and yada, yada. But because it's not necessarily the strongest one in the league, you do have to count on your starters a little bit more. And Pavetta's going to have to be that dude stepping up that we saw kind of a little bit later on in the year that's uh, using his curveball for a lot of strikes. I think Rich Hill's going to help him out a lot with that. And, you know, I think he actually looked pretty good for the most part until that Stan Blast, who just, and that Stan just has her number at this point. But mm. I, I do want to actually see Nick Pavetta step up as that number two, number three guy in our rotation.
0: No, I do as well, and I would like to make an apology to the Red Sox bullpen for Game Two. I didn't realize that Pavetta gave up all those runs, so that's that's yeah. on me. See, so the bullpen it really, was pretty it solid.
1: Really felt like it was on her bullpen, but it was on Pavetta that gave up that uh, two-run home run to Stan uh, in the sixth inning, and you know, you kind of felt like you know maybe it should have been a the dude there. So it, yep. it wasn't actually the bullpen, but it kind of was at the same time.
0: Sure. Nonetheless, fell short. That was a tough pill to swallow because now you just it it just feels demoralizing you lose the first two games of the season to the yankees and it's like you know fuck like it's it's the yankees you know i don't care if if both teams are out of it i don't care if it's april it does not matter losing back-to-back games to the yankees is just not something you want to do um yeah
2: and then this is the game that you like you mentioned Lebo. you were looking for um a bounce back effort um and you just you know you you just didn't get it. So it was tough, but um it just came down to game three. you had to you had to win this one. you you definitely couldn't uh, afford the sweep right off the bat, um, you know, especially to the Yankees out of all teams,
1: yeah, and you know that game three, you really kind of started off a little bit almost like the first two games again, like where you get a nice early two run lead in the first again this time. And you know, you' really hoping to be like, keep that and you know add on to it a little bit more and then you know the Yankees get one we get one and then the Yankees tie it up so it kind of felt like you know watching the same movie three days in a row uh by the time we hit uh, the fourth inning where it's just like okay well it's three3 again you know like uh who's gonna hit the dinky home run to right
0: yeah the Red Sox I, I feel like they get um did in by that short porch more than anyone. No. Correct me if I'm wrong, but no. they just, like, it's just so frustrating and so ridiculous. But Bobby's I'll still, not cheap. Yeah.
1: I'll, I'll still take uh Christian Vasquez Moonblast and in game four of the uh, right. ALDS there, <laughs> like, because that ended up being the winning run. Like, that's the one time the short porch just felt like it's ever actually helped us, because you see Xander Bogarts at an opposite field home run there every other series. It feels like we're, it's in the third deck, and then, you know, like, DJ LeMayhew hits a line drive and it goes out for a home run. So,
0: Yep. yeah, oh, I agree. I agree that that home run in 2018, that was, that was fantastic. That was clutch. Yeah. Exactly. And then,
1: yeah, you kind of mentioned that the Bobby Dahlbeck home run, that was not a cheapie. That's a home run in every ballpark I feel. And I mean, it's nice to see him go opposite field with his power instead of just pull it
0: for sure. Bobby, um, You know, obviously we've said it a lot. This is a big year for him. Um, But really nice to see him go the other way, especially knowing with the short porch there, although it really didn't matter too much because that was, you know, a shot. Um, But that's exactly what we need him there for. No one on base. What was it? I think there was two outs, either one out or two outs. Kind of looked like a dead inning. Um, you, You need him to go deep in those situations or at least put a good swing on it. And he did. So saved the game. Saved the series. Saved the series. Salvaged the series.
1: It was actually I mean, a leadoff last.
0: Was it? Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, no. And I mean, uh, already at that point, Hulk was out of the game. So, I mean, you kind of had to depend on that bullpen. You know, Garrett Whitlock wasn't available because he pitched a few innings the day before. And we'll get to him a little bit later on for, um, some of the Detroit series too, but I mean, you were kind of nervous throughout that game, even having a one run lead with the bullpen, but they showed up big time.
0: No, they did. They, they did. did.
2: And, and uh, obviously in the ninth, you know, Deakman came up uh huge uh, striking out the side and um, that one. And you like, you really like to see that, obviously, um, you know, like we mentioned the bullpen kind of struggled a little bit in the first uh, two games, so you like to see that uh, that bounce back ever, especially by a you know new guy like Deepman coming in in Yankee Stadium Sunday night baseball and striking out the heart uh, the heart of the order uh, from the Yankees to end that game. You really really love to see that from Deepman, and that definitely uh, provided I think a boost of confidence to Red Sox fans. Um, you know that this guy can pitch and he can pitch in big moments, and he definitely showed that on Sunday night.
1: Yeah. So kind of like leading into that ninth inning, it was kind of, you know, a mix and match to like kind of figure out like who's that guy who's going to be closing the door because it wasn't going to be Whitlock. Barnes wasn't available. He was a little injured that day. So, you know, it was kind of almost like a guess who was coming out of the pen. It was, it, you know, uh, Robles is going to see a lot of those innings in the ninth, but it was, you know, a little nerve wracking seeing the new guy come in against Darren Judge, Uh, Giancarlo, Stan, and Joey Gallo. Like you were saying, that's the heart of the order. The last few guys you want to face, especially with Deakman being a lefty against Judge and uh, Stan, so uh, uh, I was clenching my butthole the entire time.
0: (laughs) Yeah, It's a scary scary threesome to face, you know, obviously, especially the track record and Stan being clutch against the Red Sox. Um, But, I mean, Deakman looked like a pro, and he is a pro. And then the quote after the game, what did he say? I love what? that. Yeah, I love I don't, it. Like i don't were...
1: you the close no, I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't give, a give a shit.
0: shit. <laughs> I don't give two shits. Yeah, that was fantastic. Love yeah. it. That's the attitude unique for the bullpen. That's like the anti. Like, and I'm not trying to dump on Matt Barnes and have him catch a stray out of nowhere because he actually pitched today and he pitched pretty well. Yeah. But like, that's the attitude Matt Barnes needs to have. Like, Matt Barnes needs to understand that like he may not always be the closer. But he needs to fucking pitch and pitch well and know his role and 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 do his role. Like,
2: yeah, I mean, you you need to be ready at any time your number is called. You need to be ready to go and pitch well. You know, no matter if you're the you're you're the closer, you're coming in in the seventh, eighth, whatever it is. You know that this bullpen, I feel like it's probably going to be like this for for most of the year. Um, is that you know all these guys are going to have to come in at different spots and they're going to have to pitch well and they're going to have to perform when they're called upon, and um, you know obviously Deakman showed it um, early on this season. Robles has been really good um, as well, so you need those guys to to be able to pitch in any situation really. And um, you know I think uh, a few guys have done that so far for sure.
0: Yeah, and and honestly, the bullpen it doesn't need to be completely set in stone. Like you, you can let it kind of figure itself out and have guys emerge and take roles. Like, we know there's five guys in that bullpen that are going to be in there at the end of the season unless they get, you know, hurt. And that's uh, Robles, Whitlock, unless he moves to the rotation, Diekman, um, Brazier's out. Brazier's out. Yeah. Strom, yep. Big Fudge is out. Yeah, not necessarily Send out.
1: Brazier to Guantanamo Bay. Jesus yeah. Christ.
0: Yeah, Brazier and Big Fudge. They're 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 on the cusp. Um, I mean, I like I like Captain Phillips so far. You know. Um, Mora looked good. So, we'll see. Some guys will emerge, and then you know, some guys maybe might fall off. But Josh um,
1: Taylor's coming back
0: too uh, soon too, which.
1: I think is going to really help bridge a lot of those uh, late innings. So um, one guy that we kind of touched upon very briefly uh, that didn't even pitch in that game uh, four, uh, since that one was also a dumpster fire. But uh, one guy who's caught our eye, especially in that game uh, three at Yankee Stadium is Cutter Crawford. This stuff is electric. I mean, he gave up a few runs in that uh, game six of this er, season. Uh We'll get to that a little bit more, too. But uh I think he's another guy that, you know, is going to really help our bullpen. Give us innings out of there, too, because he has been a starter. So he's not, you know, we're not going to expect him to be the 2022 version of Garrett Whitlock. But even, like, you know, a few notches below, if he has a mid-three-year RA, can pitch a seven inny- or 70 innings this year with a decent strikeout and a low walk rate. I mean, that's a very valuable piece to have at league minimum and under team control for a while.
0: Yeah, if if Cutter Crawford can be you know similar to that Whitlock role, which is you know plugging in for long relief or for a nice close, um, then I mean this bullpen it can entirely changes, entirely changes. I'm not saying he has to be as good as Whitlock, but if he can be that that guy, like you said, 70, 75 innings, then I mean you're looking at just it changes everything because now you have that nice solid bridge to the back end of the bullpen, which really, I mean, isn't isn't terrible. Like I like I like Robles, you know. I I, I think Barnes um, can figure it out, and Salomora you know, isn't terrible either. So that bridge is is where the issue is. So yeah. And in that game four, the first game
1: against Detroit, it was not even the bullpen's fault. It was the bat's fault. You you were getting no hit for a while there yeah. against, you know, somebody you probably never heard of. And then, you know, J.D. finally gets the first hit. It's a home run to tie the game. But it really felt like we sh- definitely should have done more against the Tigers. Um, you know, it's not even like it's their frontline line guy. So it was a very frustrating game all around. It felt like one that... We easily could have won, you know, we probably didn't deserve to at the end of the day, uh, but we responded well in a game five of the season or a game two against uh, Detroit. So that's all that really matters at the end of the day.
0: Yep.
2: Exactly. And a guy that, um, like you mentioned, uh, you know, the bats were struggling a little bit and a guy that, uh, you know, struggled the first, uh, you know, a few games of the season here was, uh, was Kike, you know, the leadoff guy, um, you know, he, he really is uh Um, some, you know, he could be, you know, really the heartbeat of, uh, of this lineup right here and, you know, getting on base, you know, as a leadoff guy. Um, and he had a huge game in, in, in game five, um, with a couple of doubles, um, he followed it up with a big performance today. So, um, a guy like Kike, um, having a big game in game five was huge for this team and it kind of seemed to get the offense, uh, rolling, uh, you know, those last two games of that tiger series. So that was that was huge to see him, um, you know, bounce back from, you know, a tough, uh, you know, Yankee series and then a tough, uh, opening game, uh, opening game against Detroit, um, with a big game in, in game two. So that was huge for him.
0: Yeah. If Kike gets hot, which he is now, don't they, let him they, get hot. They let Kike get hot. Those idiots. Bad move. Yep. Um, Then, I mean, this team is, this lineup is, is, it's already scary. So I don't want to say like if Kike, you know, does well, then this team is good because it's already good. But like this is like a, you know, this is a next level of good if Kike can be that, you know, like he was in the playoffs where he's almost like a Mookie Betts where he's going to, he's going to blast one every now and then. He's going to get a lot of doubles and he's going to set the table really nice. And you got so many guys behind him that are going to drive him in. So it's like, I mean, if Keegan can be that, then I mean, you're just you're an absolute business.
2: I feel like he's kind of one of those guys where if he's when when if he can really get going right now, like it kind of trickles down throughout the rest of the lineup.
0: I agree. Yeah, I agree. I think he's like like a catalyst in that sense.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, like it feels like, you know, he's a little almost a little bit of the heartbeat, like when he gets on for. Devers and uh Xander and JD, it actually feels like we have such a much better opportunity to score than you know, just Rafael Devers trying to hit every single thing and hitting every single thing yeah. that he possibly can. <laughs> um, you know, another good game from him and uh, game, and uh, that game hitting getting three hits and two RBIs <laughs> so. I mean, it's nice to see some of the guys that you want to actually getting hits, but you're gonna need like guys like Kike uh, Hernandez and Bobby Dalbec and a few others to actually, you know, lengthen that lineup and really, you know, complement uh, some of the bigger bats on your team.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we know the Red Sox have the doubles guys, the, the the guys who can drive in runs, the guys who can hit home runs all the way through the lineup, essentially. Maybe with the exception of JB Jesus, who had a great game today. Yeah. And, I mean, Christian Vasquez is just, at this point, he's getting worse and worse. Um, and that's that's fine. He is what he is. He's a great catcher. And, I mean, he he has the job as long as, you know, he wants it. He's never really going to be replaced. I think everyone's pretty much come to terms with that. Um, but he's down now, at this point, a bad offensive player. Whereas, like, before, maybe he was just, like, got by as, like an average offensive player because he had some pop. But I mean, what he had like seven home runs last year. Yeah, I mean. Yeah.
1: And when he does hit him, you know, he's gonna hit him to outer space. But
0: no, of course, and, or or he's gonna be clutch. Which I mean, dude, yeah. you know, we'll take that all day. We know what he did in the playoffs. Obviously, one of the biggest home runs in Red Sox history. Yeah. But I mean, just he's he's a minus offensive player at this point. Yeah.
1: And uh, one more thing I want to touch upon uh, before we move over to game six um, is, oh, my God, Christian Arroyo looks so bad in right field.
0: So like, bad. Yeah.
1: I know. Like, I would rather just have J.D. Martinez out there at this point, And that is saying a whole lot.
0: Totally agree. It, everyone said the same thing. And it was the first thing that came to my mind. But it literally was like Hanley Ramirez in the outfield. Like, that's what it reminded me of. <laughs> yeah.
2: And especially playing at Comerica, like, that big outfield did not do him any justice either. That just, that really exposed him. I, I
0: oh, absolutely. And that's the yeah. thing. It's like, Fenway, Fenway's right field is insanely yeah. massive. Like, he, dude, he's fucked if he has to, like, battle the sun in right field, 380 feet to, you know, straightaway right. I mean, he's toast. He's toast. Yeah.
1: And, you know, he's fine as, you know, a backup infielder here and there, but he really shouldn't be starting games in right field just because there's a lefty on the mound. I feel like, you know, at this point, you might even need to go external outside of the organization. There's a few free agents out there that could actually really help our team. The two names that you keep hearing over and over again are Michael Conforto, who you can probably get out on a one-year deal, and Justin Upton, who you can also get on a one-year deal. So, um, you know, I think we might not see the finished product in the outfield right now. I feel like there is a strong possibility we might end up with one of those two guys. And I think that might stabilize the JBJ Christian Arroyo uh, platoon situation a little bit more and really, you know, round out our bench. So that way we have a little bit more depth.
0: Yeah. I, I'd love the Red Sox to hang on to Jackie for the whole year. Cause he's so valuable in those big games uh, defensively. And he's also, I mean, his track record is clutch. Like he, yeah. you know, I know we throw that word around a lot, especially this episode. But like you can't always look at that. But he does he does have an eye for the moment. And we actually saw it today. Uh, but I think they should send Travis Shaw to the fucking gulag. Like, honestly, yeah. there's there's just no place for him yeah. on this ball club, I think. And especially with Cassis right there. Um, I think you should replace Shaw with like an outfielder. I know that leaves you a little weak on the infield but a royal can play third short and second i mean you're rolling with one sec first baseman pretty much until casas comes up but i mean bobby's got the position position locked down you
1: know nah. you could even call up frenchy cardero he's you know gonna do the same thing for you at the end of the day he can at least play a little outfield he can play first base and he has been you know hitting the home run in uh, worcester he he's the true wonder of worcester uh, at this <laughs> point uh, yep. <laughs> replacing the pride of Pawtucket in uh, uh, Rhode Bruce Island. Nick so yep. the, the torch has yeah. been, you know, handed off <laughs> yep. of amazing or amazing in triple A and dog shit in the major league baseball players. So uh,
0: we, we're, we're really Island excited Island. for
2: Frenchie Cordero.
0: Yep, Bruce Nick Castillo <laughs> is the greatest athlete in Rhode Island history. Besides when you Ernie, <laughs> Ernie DiGregorio. <laughs>
2: when you think of uh, athletes in Rhode Island, Bruce Nick Castillo is right at the top of the yep. list. I mean, Right, uh, Paw Sox legend Ruzney Castillo. Yeah, yeah, he
1: was born in Cranston.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, his family owns Marquette's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, Twin you're Oaks going guy. to see Ruzney play. Yeah. <laughs> Ruzney. Oh, that's my son there.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's the one with the
0: dreadlocks. <laughs> You don't speak no English. <laughs>
1: yeah, um, a, a, absolute legend. Could not hit a fastball that was over ninety-five miles an hour, but an absolute legend.
0: Yep, terrible signing. That was yeah. the same year I think they signed Pablo, wasn't it? Uh,
1: so what? Uh, this would have—I <laughs> think this would have been at the end of the twenty-twelve season. So, like, yeah, uh, we. Like, we're so looking forward to have – or no, end of the 2014 season, sorry. Um, yeah. So, like, we got him for, like, a few games at the end of the year, and the, he looked amazing. I was like, this is this is my pick for rookie of the year in uh, 2015, <laughs> Rusne Castillo. He's, he's going to, you know, be the next big thing. <laughs> and then he ends up making almost no money in the majors and still gets paid that full contract down in Pawtucket and does very okay to average.
2: Yeah. This is an open invite to uh, Cranston native Ruznikastillo. Castillo. Yeah. Anytime yep. you want to come on the pod, we'll have you on. Absolutely.
1: Ruzney Capone.
2: <laughs> Ruzney Capone. Yeah. <laughs> Ruzny Capone. Oh, what a legend. <laughs> yeah. No,
1: we got Tommy Panone now. We we got Ruzny, uh panone. He he's uh, gonna just uh, you know. Really be the next big Rhode Island, uh, wonder <laughs> next to Rocco Baldelli. <laughs> yep. That also reminds me, I was, I was watching the Yankees game, uh, against the Blue Jays the other day. And one of the Yankees new rookies is from, uh, Tom's river, New Jersey. Oh, and of yep. course they yeah, had to mention that, yeah. uh, what's his face? Um, Phillips or, uh, Why am I blanking on his name?
0: Todd Todd Frazier. Todd Frazier.
1: Yeah, Todd Frazier was uh, from Tom's River, New Jersey, and it is—you literally are legally required to mention Tom's River, New Jersey, when you mention Todd Frazier.
0: It's unbelievable. It's like it's one of those things. It's like. It's the low-hanging fruit of the sports media world. Like, this guy's from Tom's River. He played in the Little League World Series. It's reminiscent of Clayton Kershaw and Matthew Stafford, that connection there, the high yeah. school connection. That's the most annoying shit in fucking sports. Neither of them can even lift their cock without an, a, an announcer being like, well, we know that Clayton Kershaw went to high school with Matt Stafford, so we know what's in there, the, the water down there. Like, And then the guy from the Masters, Scotty Scheffler, who won – great job he did. Of course, he had to go to the same fucking high school as they did. Now, now we're just fucked. We're just fucked. We'll never hear the end of it. We'll never hear the end of it. Now, no, now
2: mean, it's not just uh, Stafford and Kershaw. It's now Stafford, Kershaw and Scheffler.
0: Yep. You'll
2: <sighs> be hearing that for it, years to come. It's too
1: bad Scheffler was perfect through most of the Masters and then they pulled him. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> good one, good one. Dang. Yeah, yeah, that's a,
1: that's a soft five five right there. Let,
0: you know what? Before we get into Game Three of the Tiger Series, which happened today, why don't we why don't we touch on that a little bit? The Dave Roberts decision. So dumb.
1: Yeah, what? That's so fucking soft. I mean. And you hear Kershaw after the game like, oh, no, like it was the right move. I mean, uh, you know, we're not going for personal achievements. We're going for the World Series. Don't blame me or don't blame, uh, you know, Dave Roberts. Blame the lockout for me not being picking up a baseball for three months. And I'm like, "Okay, well, other people still are. I mean, it's not like you're a rookie or anything. It's not like you're that old either. It's not like you're in your late 30s. Like you you are, you know, one of the uh, Hall of Famer. Like you should be able to complete your perfect game. Yeah. And I mean, it, it was silly. The Dave Roberts is never going to win an actual real championship. So I, I yeah, would but-
2: love to, I would love to know what Kershaw actually thought and not just what he said to the media. Cause I'm sure, I mean, it, it, when you're in that position, it's got to tick you off a little bit, you know, that you're in that position, you're, you're throwing a perfect game and then you get pulled early. Um, I would. I, I honestly would love to know what he actually feels because I don't think it's what he actually said to the media. I feel like he definitely. I mean, if you're an athlete, you're a competitor. You want to be out there, especially when you're performing at that level. Um, you don't want to get pulled early. So I'd love to know what he actually thinks, and not what he just you know told the reporters after the game.
0: I mean, it has to sting a little bit, right? Like I I know you're you're out for the you know, the overall well-being of the team and you want to have the long-term goal. But I mean, at the end of the day, right? Like we haven't had a perfect game in baseball since, you know, I mean, what King Felix 2012. Yeah. That's a shit ton of time. We're talking about almost 10 full seasons without a perfect game. And he has a chance to do it. He's in perfect position. I understand he's coming off, you know, injuries, whatever. He's older, but you get one shot at this, and I think the thing is, like, yeah, if you pitched him um, 100 or 105 pitches every game coming off an injury, yeah, that's not smart. But if he went the distance, you could come back and rest him, like, an extra day. I mean, you have so many options to for guys that can pitch, especially with the expanded rosters. Like, use, use someone else in his next start. Say, all right, we're going to give you, you know, seven days off instead of four or five. Like, yeah. Do something makes no you sense.
1: You have David Price in your bullpen. Then I can is a multi Cy Young award winner. Like you, you're able to you know have ultimate roster flexibility, and I mean you know they're, they're perfect games are. If it's a no hitter, absolutely take him out. He's already had a no hitter. They're you know very nice and very cool. You know, um, but a perfect game is so rare. There's what been 23 in major league history out of. Tens of thousands of games started, and that's multiplied by two by having two starting pitchers. So, I mean, like, the rarity of a perfect game is one of the, you know, one of the last things you see. It would almost be like if a guy had three home runs in a game and then you take him out, you're not giving him that opportunity to actually make history and be immortalized. I mean, he's at 80 pitches. You could write him to 110 probably at the most. He's a veteran. He can deal with that. And, I mean... And uh, baseball was robbed today of even a chance because it, it it just didn't feel right. It right. didn't feel like a baseball.
0: No, I, absolutely. And the other thing that you have to keep in mind is if he's getting pulled at 80 pitches and Dave Roberts w- says, like, no, we have to protect his health. 80 is the absolute max that I'll let him go. He shouldn't be fucking pitching at all. If you're that yeah. uncertain about his health and about his, you know, his shoulder after 80 pitches and not even giving him the opportunity to go out in the eighth and just see what happens then he shouldn't be on the mound he's not ready to be a starting pitcher in major league baseball like right. why even throw him out there if you're if you feel like for one start one one start you can rest him the next you know 7 8 days as long as you want for one start if you can't get 110 pitches out of this guy then why are you even throwing him out there makes no fucking sense
1: yeah. No, I mean, they're lucky they got to face the Rays in the World Series because that's the only team that is more cursed. So, yep, yeah,
0: they're,
1: the Rays cursed will never win a World Series, at least not while they're in um, St. Petersburg.
0: Yep. Overmanage, trip over their own feet, like shit like that. The Dodgers Mickey Mouse Championship, just like LeBron in the Lakers, um, doesn't count. That's a bullshit World Series, and they won't win. They won't win this year. Although I did predict them to win. <laughs> yeah, everyone did. Safe.
1: You're gonna look pretty stupid, one way <laughs> or another.
0: Everyone, everyone did. So fuck them. You know what? I'll take my prediction back. First time ever on a show. This is a first <laughs> show. First, my Dodgers prediction is gone. The Dodgers are not winning the World Series. They're a bunch of fucking babies. I'm going. Red Sox in seven, and they're going to beat the Milwaukee Brewers. Dodgers aren't even making the World Series. Wow. Dodgers might win 60 games the rest of the season after that bullshit.
1: They they lost a series to the Rockies. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that, that's all that they need to tell you. And you know what? I'm really glad to be facing Minnesota after this because now I know how easy it is to, you know, actually beat them. So, Thank you to uh, um, Clayton Kershaw and the Dodgers for giving us so much confidence um, uh, to start off the season here.
0: Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't get any more hateable than the Dodgers. But this, you know, this is not a Dodgers podcast. It's not a baseball podcast. It's a Red Sox podcast. So let's get back to game three. What do we got?
1: Yeah. Now, that game, you know, kind of started off a little bit slow. I think obviously the big storyline for that day was the Red Sox facing Erod for the first time since, yep. um, you know, he uh, got tr- or signed with the Tigers. And I believe it was only uh, Erod's second start with the Tigers, too. He got opening day. So I think everybody, you know, no matter how you felt about Erod's time here, you, you did want to do well against him because, you know, it's, you know, the X that you're almost trying to impress. Right. And, you know, you. You had a lot of great memories with Erod, but, you know, not all of them were so great either. So you, you kind of wanted to hit him hard just to make up for some of those times and, you know, actually have him, you know, give you a chance to win. But for the other team.
2: Right. Yeah. And even Cora mentioned before the game, um, you know, they had asked him on the radio broadcast, you know, um, obviously it's it's different because you're going against Erod, you know, a guy that Cora. Um, you know, had a good relationship with kind of brought up, um, you know, they, they, um, they have a good relationship together. And Cora said, yeah, you know, we love Erod, but we're here to win the game. Um, we're here to do well against them. And, um, you know, yeah, we're, we're here to beat them um, at the end of the day. It's not a, he he, met, he said, it's not a time to, uh, you know, look back uh, on memory lane. It's a time to go out there and, and, and pour it on them. And, and they did that and uh, and they got the win against uh, against Eduardo Rodriguez, and um, you know, good for them at, at going yeah, out and and, uh, and doing and, that. So
0: and this was this was the most Erod performance in the history of Erod right. performances. Yeah. it was perfect. It was like poetic. Everything with Erod is going so great, so smooth. You know, he's he's like just he looks like he's just gliding out there. He looks like a gazelle on that mountain, <laughs> and he's just he's just playing catch. He's throwing strikes, he's painting corners. One fucking walk, and then the wheels come off, and he allows six runs in one inning. And now, in his first two starts with the Tigers, and I'm not rooting against the guy, even though I was not a fan of the Eduardo Rodriguez era in Boston. Um, I thought he was very, very disappointing. Um, I'm not rooting against him, but his first two starts, nine runs. Nine runs for a guy you just spent $77 million on. That's tough. So I wish him the best. I hope he does well. I hope he turns it around. I don't see him doing that. He's a good pitcher. He's got the best stuff in the world. He's a mental midget, and he cannot work himself out of jams, out of situations. And I think he he has some real personality issues. And you saw it in the World Series, throwing his fucking glove on the mound. You yep. can't do that in the World Series. You can't do that ever. And I don't know what with, with the the Kike, you know, in the laundry cart today, <laughs> tapping the wrist, yeah. chirping Erod. Like this is a guy that was just on the team for a very very long time. <laughs> Like, it's almost like, did they did the players not like Erod? Like, because I didn't really like Erod. It's okay to say if you didn't like Erod. Like, I know everyone, like, like tweets, like, oh, I miss Erod. Like, I fucking don't. Like, I'm fine. Give me Rich Hill. I'll take Rich Hill. That's totally fine with me. I'm totally fine with Rich Hill. But yeah. I don't know. They not Is that a thing? Did they not like Erod? Like,
1: Erod, I don't think he was disliked. But I don't think he was, you know, a clubhouse favorite. He wasn't going to really go out of his way. He was a starting pitcher. I mean... Like, you know, you see a lot of starting pitchers that, uh, you know, uh, are very clubhouse friendly and go out of their way. But I don't think e was that guy. You know, I'm not even going to necessarily say that as a fault, but uh, you saw some guys chatting with him, you know, over the last few days and batting practice and everything. So I don't think he's hated, but I think, you know, left a little sour taste in your mouth with the, you know— tapping uh, his wrist after getting Carlos Correa out. Having that be the last Erod memory is very fitting that I feel like in terms of yeah. what his experience here was like where even when it was good, it always felt like there was other shit around it or wasn't perfect. So I, I love seeing Kike do that. <laughs> um, and I mean I really you can't really be mad if you're Eddie because you're already making fun of somebody else. So it's, right. it is what it is.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. And again, like I'm not rooting against the guy, but um, he, it obviously seems like there was a little bit of like a, a riff maybe between the players. I've heard some players say that he was kind of like a big me guy. Um, but yeah, I mean the, uh, the tap of the wrist, like I didn't even hate that. I thought that was like, okay. On his part. Like that's just a, just a chirp, you know, like Correa is going to do that in your ballpark. You're going to, you know, show them up when you strike them out, whatever. Um, but just like Erod needs to be smarter and know that you're going to face this guy again. You're going to face this team again. Like they're going to they're going to see that and they're going to smell blood. You can't do that.
1: Yeah. No, but you're like, you know, the wheels did fall off for him. A lot of the runs were unearned. But yeah, it, you know, we it feels like we've seen this one over the last six years while Erod was on our team. And, you know, he did a lot of good for us. He was nearly a 20-game winner one year. And, I mean, he was a part of that 2018 team that did so well. But it, I really do not miss Erod. He was very replaceable in terms of production. I would have never given him the contract that he got. I might have even only given him the qualifying offer. Then even then, kind of hoping that he rejected it, which he did. And we were going to get a prospect back for it. Eventually, but yeah, it, it's one of those things where I feel like I'm really not even going to remember the E. Eron era too much for the Red Sox outside of him being on the 2018 uh, Red Sox and throwing his glove on the ground.
0: Yeah, which just can't happen. That's a little league shit. Yeah. You just can't do that. It's a World Series. Like a guy beats you. Yeah, you made a <clears throat> mistake. You know turned out to be one of the greatest sports pictures in the history of, you know, the universe. Like, Puig up in arms, Kobe Bryant <clears throat> behind him, you know, celebrating. Yeah. Erod spike in his glove. Like, that's that's a cool-ass picture. But, I mean, it's just... It never was in the cards for Erod here, and he never was going to be a great. He just... He was... I just thought he would be better than what he actually was.
1: Yeah. No, I think we put out a poll about... uh if you miss Erod or not, and a lot of people said it was too early to say, but the majority of people said no. They are uh, very only 21% or 22% of people actually said that they miss Erod, and I mean, it, that feels about accurate. About you know 25% of people, are dumb. Yeah, and if you're listening listen. and you miss Erod, you're not dumb. We support you. Rate us five stars. <laughs> uh, but... <laughs>
2: retweet, subscribe. Re- please share. retweet.
1: But no, I, uh, I feel like you know the guys in the clubhouse don't miss him, and I feel like that should tell you everything that you really do need to know.
0: Right. And, and another thing, like there's there's other options there, and like we understand, you know, like uh, an emotional attachment to a player, but to commit eighty million dollars to a guy that you know you really never know what you're gonna get just doesn't make any sense. And that's for that reason, I don't miss him. I would miss him if. The Tigers signed him for like fifty million, but for eighty million, I'm all That's set. a lot of money. Yeah, I'm all set. Yeah.
1: No, and then, you know, you kinda <laughs> felt really comfortable. You're winning, you know, seven to one in that game. You attack on a few more to make it nine to two at one point, And then, you know, you start to the wheels start to fall off a little bit with uh, Austin Davis, and you know, Crawford comes in to clean it up and he looks great, and then you know, gives up a few runs and you have to uh, go to Deakman again, who wasn't, you know, who was still got you out of the jam, but didn't look quite as the same guy he did on Sunday nights. So that game was very nerve wracking when it felt like, you know, it was just going to be a nice, comfortable blowout win. Don't have to use the back end. give some guys two days rest, uh, going into the home opener. And I mean, you still have a full day rest. It's not going to really burn you too much, but it, it did make you sweat a little bit there at, uh, five o'clock when the game was finally wrapping up
0: no it it did and it, it was very nerve-wracking i think more so though like we know this team's gonna blow some leads and, and make some games close just because the bullpen is the weakness but well, i think what was more important there was to see <clears throat> excuse me i gotta sneeze sorry <clears throat> um well, oh <laughs> it was more game. important to see the offense in a good rhythm. Um, Namely, guys like Kike and JBJ, who just were off to an abysmal start. Um, So, Kike, the last two games, heated up. JBJ, two, you know, very nice hits. Um, So, that was important. You know, JD was on base, what, three, four times today. Um, Devers had a hit. Bobby D, so... No, very, very happy about the offensive performance. We know the bullpen has some issues, so it is what it is. As long as you get the W.
2: Right. And Roblays look good yeah. cleaning it up, so um good on him too. He's been really good. He's been really yeah. good.
0: No, what a what a what a what a trade. What a steal. I mean, just someone that you thought was completely irrelevant. And at the trade deadline, we were just waiting for that big move, you know, that big piece. Um and got Robles, and everyone was like, who the fuck is this guy? Sign someone that can play baseball, and then turns out, you know, the guy that they actually did get, that was the marquee move in Kyle Schwarber, he's gone, and Robles is going to be here for, for a long time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, no, I mean, uh, he's a guy that is your closer right now. Alex uh, core is not going to officially announce it, but, you know, if – He's available in the ninth inning. He hasn't been used already. He's going to be getting the ball.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think he's earned it at this point.
1: Yeah. yeah. And uh, one thing that we actually forgot, somehow forgot to talk about in game five that I want to bring up before we kind of move on to everything is how about fucking Garrett Whitlock out of the bullpen?
2: Mm. Nails. He'll be in the so, rotation yeah. at some point. Yeah.
1: I, Yeah. We, we'll, we'll have a little debate here, but let, let's get into just the performance uh, for that game. Four innings out of the bullpen after Rich Hill, you know, got some tough breaks. Uh, four innings, uh, 4.1 innings, three runs. Didn't look terrible, obviously not the line you like to see. And then coming out of the bullpen for four innings, one walk, with a pair of strikeouts in there too. I mean, like, that, that that's a guy that, you know, you could uh, – have you know go multiple innings it's kind of but i feel like right now having him be in that limbo of a long relief and not you know that back end guy not a starter not an opener is the worst of both worlds where <laughs> you're not getting the full value that you can out of him and it's not it, it it's kind of hard to see which role he's going to be in in the you know immediate future and i think in the long-term future uh they want him to be a starter
0: I think they do, and I think the contract that they signed him to was indicative of that. Um, but in terms of the performance, just like he, he's just so overpowering and he can mix it up so well. Um, he, he, I mean, he's a revelation. This is just – I mean, he saved this pitching staff. Garrett Whitlock saved the pitching staff to get a guy like this and now to lock him down for the very, very long-term future um, – I mean, I haven't been this excited about an extension since maybe the Bogarts, Pedroia. I mean, you, you extended Barnes. That was very, very lackluster. was not impressed. Yeah. You extended um, Uvalde, which I thought was great, but it was like there was a lot of question mark around that because don't forget that was 2018 or that was 2019. Just after 2018, you didn't really know what you were getting. Then 2019, 2021, he pitched, you know, Excellent, so you felt felt good about it. um They did sale. That was, you know, uh, that's been a fucking. That disaster.
1: that that felt good at the time.
0: That felt yeah, good, yeah. Not, not so
2: much at
1: now, the time. But... At the time, I was so happy. Now, um yeah.
0: No, and I think yeah. for I think it's it's a win win for both sides because I think gary Whitlock's looking at it like, dude, I was, you know, I was playing pick up baseball two years ago, and I was about okay. to get Tommy John. And you know, like now I can sign this deal. If I everything any anything ever happens to me again, I'm I'm guaranteed set for life financially. Yeah. So good on him, good on Thank the Red you, Sox for, Brian Cashman. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for literally saving the pitching staff, Brian Cashman. Yeah.
1: And I know like uh tanking in 2020 stunk, and we got Myers out of it, but we did get Garrett Whitlock out of the Rule 5 draft there, too, so we got a little yep. double whammy for 2020 sucking, and, um, you know, like you were mentioning, that contract is just unbelievable. It's obviously set up for him to uh, make more with more starts down the road, too, so... I think we see it even sooner than we might think, even you know before the All-Star game, because uh, yeah. I don't really like the idea of him just piggybacking. If you're going to be throwing him for four innings, I think those should be the opening four innings, even if he is considered more of an opener than an actual starter. It's fine if he only goes four, and he's designed to go four, but I want that to be on a more consistent basis than having him just piggyback and hoping that the timing works out.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I just if he's going to pitch every fifth day, I don't want him to just open for four innings. Like I want him to be a starter, like a full blown starter. Right now, and if you're he'll, gonna
1: pitch he'll like, get there, yeah, it, this isn't Clayton Kershaw. You can take him out if he's perfect after four.
0: Right. <laughs> no, I, I, I just I think they're handling him very well too. Like they're not throwing him into the fire. They're not, you know, making him throw, you know, eighty, eighty five pitches. They're being conservative with him, but also they're going to him and letting him, you know, work around jams, work out of things. I mean, he's dude, he's fucking awesome. He is absolutely awesome. Great job by Heimblum to extend him.
2: He's one of those guys that every time you give him the ball, you just feel really good about it. And whether he's in a jam or whatever the situation is, like you always feel like he's going to find his way out of it. And he's he's going to perform every single time he's on the mound and he. He's just one of those. He's he's the guy in the bullpen right now that you're the most confident in. I mean, yeah. he goes out there and he pitches balls off
0: every time, every time, every time. We we might see him. Uh, might see him to Friday. I hope so.
1: Yeah, it's, it's possible. I mean, uh, we do have um, uh, Nick Pavetta on the mound for the home opener. Kind of you know we're talking about him before. He has really that chance to be. A number two number three guy for you this season uh twins are obviously a very good offensive club with a lot of the guys that they have especially you know buxton and correa and sano and you know the list goes on and on so this will be another good test for him uh, the yankees lineup is obviously very tough he's getting uh, another tough lineup so uh Hopefully, you know, he can perform. He can go a little deep in that game. And um, if you need, you know, some guys out of the bullpen, everybody's rested with the, you know, day off in between uh, Wednesday and Friday.
2: Exactly. And, uh, you know, uh, like we've mentioned before, we'll we'll be in the building too. So we're uh, we're pumped for that. Um, it's going to be very exciting. I think uh, we can all say that uh, we're pumped, uh, you know, to be at that. Nice, nice day game, nice 2 o'clock start you know get the beers get the beers flowing early get into boston and uh have a day you know it's gonna be two a, o'clock yeah. perfect
0: it, it yeah. gets you plenty of time to get up there you know get to the bars we will be at the bullpen prior to the game yeah more than likely after the game as well um so definitely you know stop by have a beer with us it's gonna be a day um, it's gonna be a fun yeah. day you know, opening. If day, you have January. a beer
1: with us, I I will be bringing some of our oh, Not Another Sox podcast yep. stickers. Um, get a photo with us, get a sticker. Feed Wally a cat. Uh, it's gonna be a grand old time.
0: No, it will be. <laughs> we're, we're just excited. You know, this is our first opening day. Um, started the show obviously in the playoffs last year, so came a long way since then. You know, almost twelve hundred followers on Twitter, getting consistent good download numbers. So you guys are, you know, we want to thank you. Obviously, for listening, hanging in there through a tumultuous off season. Now we finally have some baseball to talk about. So, um, and we'll get better at that too. You know, like off we got really good off season talk and talking about nothing. And right. you know, now we have things to talk about. And now there's like a little of an adjustment period. Like we're still yeah. working out the cobwebs, just like the Red Sox are. It's right. April for them. It's April for us. So, you know, thanks for sticking around and you know, just listening to the show, being a part of of Something really fun.
1: Yeah, no, we're gonna actually like try to record some content, maybe ne- do a nice TikTok. Um, or uh <laughs> something along those lines. I think our uh, resident TikTok expert Mac Alveo uh might be in charge of that one. We'll try to contribute as much as possible. <laughs> but uh he- he's the TikTok guy. We'll, so we'll get hopefully you, uh... we can actually start doing a little bit more. Uh maybe get you guys in some of the videos and um you know, just really crush some beers uh, that we're going to have to pay with our credit cards for at Fenway Park. That's right.
0: That's yep. right. And, and, and that brings up No a more point. cash. No more cash at Fenway Park. All credit cards, all plastic or metal, if you're fancy. Um, which a lot of people, uh, the initial thought was, okay, this is, you know, more of, um, I guess, I don't know, more tracking, more... Just the the modern America, right? But I think it's good because I never have cash, and now the hot dog vendors and the beer vendors actually come around to the seats. They're I don't think other people understand. They're going to be taking cards. Yeah, like that is huge. Yeah, you know how huge that is. I, like that's fantastic. I never have cash.
2: I feel like a lot of people are in kind of the same boat where like most people now just have their cards on them. And not a lot of people carry cash, or if they do have cash, it's like very little. Um, so this is probably big for a lot of people that uh, that are into uh, more into the cards or more into the uh, you know the Apple Pays or the Google Pays. You know, when, you know if you want to get real fancy and have it on your phone. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, uh, Jack, I feel like you're a big uh, Apple Pay or the Apple Pay guy. Uh,
1: I wouldn't say big. I have it on my phone. I mostly use it for like online stuff instead of like actually tapping. Yeah. Uh, so, like Domino's, a big, big Domino's guy, I use it there, <laughs> um, and uh, I believe in the Domino's tracker. By the way, I'm just gonna, you know, put that out there. That's one of the greatest a, inventions. You're not believer.
2: It's one of the greatest inventions in uh, in history. Is the Domino's tracker.
0: I think yeah, Domino's it, itself. But, it's yeah. That's yeah, exactly. that too. Yeah.
1: Um, no, I mean, it, Fenway going cashless really makes very little difference to me. I'm hoping it makes the lines go faster, if anything, so that way, uh, you know, you don't have to worry about handing a stranger next to you a $20 bill. Now you can just hand them your credit card and, uh, you know, hey, pass it down. Uh, You know, hopefully nobody's scanning this and, you know, uh, ripping you (laughs) off. But (laughs) 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 uh, hopefully hopefully we don't see any of that. And hopefully, you know, uh, I can pay for, uh, you know, my hot dogs with uh, mustard on it and uh, you n- not get uh uh identity frauded.
2: jack right. i think you're uh making a lot of people paranoid right now by what you yeah. Just said
0: <laughs> yeah no nothing can go wrong. And the uh you know the sausage guys outside fenway they they always take credit cards they've been taking credit cards for a long time they've been having it of right off. how many you need loaded up, two loaded up, yep, right in the face, and then you fucking just slam them, and then it's, you you feel good, and then, I mean, honestly, like, in Fenway, I get a hot dog, outside of Fenway, I get a sausage, usually a sausage before the game, probably a sausage after the game, Um, and then in Fenway, maybe I got, like, one hot dog, but other than that, like, I don't, like, I'm not a popcorn guy at the yard, I'm not, like, a, you know, Cracker Jack guy, I'm not gonna have, like, maybe the peanuts every now and then, peanuts are pretty, you know, cool, but um no definitely before and after the game that's the time to, yeah you know, yeah can't go wrong with a nice strong. hot dog no you can't
2: especially when the guy's passing it down you know when the guy comes uh, to the seats you know that that's that's the real the real experience right there
0: and Sam Kennedy if you're listening to this which I know you are bring back spicy brown mustard to Fenway Park if you yep. fucking know it's good for you Ooh. you absolute rat
1: <laughs> yeah come on, come on the pot though.
0: Yeah, I don't know who made the decision to get rid of Spicy Brown. That was like a Fenway thing. That was like, you went to Fenway and, like, you wanted yellow mustard. Get the fuck out. We don't have yellow mustard. We have spicy brown. Spicy Sometime brown. Sometime around, like, 08, yes. All the pink hats were coming. They were taking pictures outside of Yaki Way to put it on their stupid fucking MySpace. And they got rid of the spicy brown and switched over to the Heinz yellow mustard. Bring back the spicy brown mustard. Yeah, we're.
1: We're going to need to start sneaking our own in.
0: Absolutely.
1: If anyone's (laughs) going to sneak in mustard,
0: you can ask anyone in my life. Everyone knows I'm absolutely obsessed with mustard, specifically spicy brown mustard. If anyone's going to sneak in mustard to a literal place where mustard flows, then it's going to be me.
2: Yeah, I would love to know what the security guards would say at at the security points. Like, <laughs> you, you just spill, <laughs> empty your pockets. You just got spicy brown mustard out there. They'd be like,
0: know. "Dude, you know we have this in there, right?" Yeah, but not this one. <laughs> not not yeah. the
2: spicy brown. You got the regular. Spicy brown uh, mustard. You,
1: you gotta you gotta be a little bougie with it.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, one thing I am excited to see at Fenway. Uh, this summer, though, is the new Tully Terrace, where the new Nesson Studio is as well. I yep. think uh, oh, that's, that's awesome. going to be a you know welcome addition. I don't think it's going to really... It's going to look a little weird at first, I, I think, but I think we're going to all get used to it by the end of this season, and I think it's going to you know really be a nice place to actually watch a game from and kind of see inside the Nesson Studio as well.
0: Yeah, I think it, it'll be cool, um, especially because cats, they like high places, and I think that's... Nesson's plan is just to funnel cats to Wally. So
2: <laughs> yeah. very attractive to cats, the high yeah. the high place. They
0: like so. the high perch. And now yeah. Nesson's gonna be up there and they're just thinking like, you know, Wally needs to eat. So when Wally. cats no, go.
1: Uh, like w wh- okay, so what do you think Wally takes his cats with? Ketchup, mustard, relish, onions. <laughs> Like, I we see. talked about the hot dogs. What does Wally eat his cats with?
0: Not relish. That would be cannibalism, so... Because he's already green. That's true,
1: yeah. Maybe, like, some <laughs> sriracha. I think, like, cats could go well with sriracha.
2: <laughs> I think it's definitely mustard, for sure. I feel like Wally's a spicy brown guy, so he's probably pissed that they don't have it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's been trying to lobby for it for, for a few years now, but, um... I think it's definitely mustard he's definitely not a catch-up guy for sure unless you're a psycho which maybe he is i don't know i don't know him personally but yeah
1: i think that's a nice place to you know really look forward to the uh you know upcoming
2: series for. i i'm gonna say maybe queso yeah dip it in queso Queso,
1: yeah cat cat and queso gato and queso (laughs)
2: New Chipotle meat.
1: Yeah. Boyo uh, Gato. <laughs> the gato Asado. Gato Asado. We got there.
2: El, ca- el Gato Loco. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh,
1: I think man. one thing we're forgetting about for opening day, though, is it's also going to be Jackie Robinson Day. So right. you have all the festivities of, you know, opening day coming out. 42. Kike Hernandez coming out 42 Rafael Devers, and so on and so on so
2: imagine the people that like have that are gonna have like no idea that it's Jackie Robinson Day, they're gonna have a few beers and they'd be like, what the hell is going on? Why is everybody's (laughs) forty (laughs) two?
1: And this year they're doing the blue lettering on the back.
2: Oh, that's cool. Oh, nice.
1: Yeah, every every team is gonna have a blue forty two.
2: That's
0: cool.
1: Yeah, and then you know immediately right after that we're gonna have uh, our City Connect jerseys on Saturday and Sunday, so another weird uniform. And then on Monday we're gonna have the Boston uniform for uh, Marathon Monday. So we're not even gonna see the Red Sox home uniform until who who or whatever series is after this Twins one.
0: Yeah, wow, that's 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 wild. I didn't even think about that.
1: You know, I I was thinking about it today
2: instead of... I do like the City Connect jerseys. Those are nice. Yeah, those are fire.
1: No, we we ran a poll on it on our Twitter today. An overwhelming amount of Red Sox fans like it. I feel like a lot of people outside of Austin aren't really huge on it, which I kind of get. It's, you know, for the city. Like, they're not really worried about other places. There's some, you know, cool other ones out there too that, that, you know, and thankfully it's better than just saying Fenway or Wrigleyville or those yeah. Red Sox or like whatever the Dodgers did. So I'm glad that we actually had it uh, be a little bit themed for the city. And I can't wait to see uh New York Yankees one of a rat and just pizza and like it carrying it <laughs> on the subway. <laughs> like that, like the Yankees city connects, they're going to go so hard for, you know, uh, just little trash and piss on the street. So really looking forward to uh, those ones.
2: They're not going to wash the jerseys either, so they just smell like shit, just like the city. Yeah.
1: You can literally see the, see the uh, stink lines coming off of them like a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's part of the experience. It's nah,
2: going like to be like the SpongeBob Bad Breath episode. Everyone's just going to, like, die yeah. from
0: the stench. The City Connect New York jerseys have to be, like, a, a, a image of a gold chain in like an open an open jersey with a gold chain that's what it has to
1: yeah. be no their city connects are just straight up wife beaters <laughs> <laughs> like it it doesn't even say yankees it doesn't have the nike on it it's just like they got them from walmart
2: <laughs> with the stain with mustard stains on yeah. them that is hilarious. <laughs> it's oh, written with yeah.
1: sharpie on the back <laughs>
2: I think we have got a good concept there.
1: Yeah, you know, hit hit me up, Nike. I'll work for you.
2: <laughs> oh God! But yeah, no, we're uh, we're definitely pumped for Friday. It's going to be a good time. You know, like we said, we'll be at the bullpen. So um, definitely, if you're if you're in the area, if you're going to the game, feel free to stop by and um, say what's up. Because uh, we'll be there for sure, and we're uh, we're pumped. So looking forward to it. Two more days. Two more days. Yeah. By
1: the time we by, by the time this comes out, one more day. One more. That's day. right.
2: That's right. One more day.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: We, we forget we're in the future right now. We're we in are. the
0: future. So, yeah. I think that pretty much wraps it up. Though we'll see you. Yeah. We'll see you Friday.
1: Yeah, we'll see you Friday. Um, go Sox! Uh, another sweep. That's
0: right. Another sweep. Going for the sweep.
1: Right. I'm in the corner watching you kiss her.